Hello and welcome to the Hope and Coffee podcast, episode 13 of season 3, with me, Rob Linzel. And today we're going to start by looking at Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed up all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money on wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am not worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard the music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he told, was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed with me, and everything I have is yours. He had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. The parable of the prodigal or lost son is one we know well, but today I want to do something a little different with Hope and Coffee and focus on this one parable and share my insights and my thoughts. Now I've always loved this parable, even more so since hearing my friend Andy Economides speak about it. It was many many years ago now and my church was still in its former premises. So this is what Andy spoke about and what he made me consider about this parable. Obviously, it starts with the two sons. The older son is loyal and serves his father, 
whilst the younger one is selfish and wants to go live his life. So he goes to his father and he asks him for his share of the inheritance. By today's standards, not necessarily a big deal, but in those days, it was considered a pretty big insult. See, what the younger son is effectively saying to his father is, I wish you were already dead so I can have my money. Now, I can only imagine the heartbreak of the father when his son comes to him and says this, but he loves his son and he gives him the money. So the son goes off to live his life, live the high life, and what a life. What kind of life does he live? Well, we're told that in the end of this parable about that, but let's look at Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 to 21 where it says, When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustfulness, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarrelling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yet what's interesting here is that before we turn to Christ, we are very much like the prodigal son, living our lives in our own way. Maybe not as extravagantly as the younger son in this parable, but we certainly try and do things our own way. So let's look together at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. Here in Ephesians, Paul tells us that their minds were full of darkness, their minds were closed, and their hearts hardened. Much like the son in this parable, who did not know the father's love for him, only that he wanted to live life on his terms. Yet in Galatians, and as we know from the parable, the son's money ran out and he ended up down on his luck. However, Whilst he was feeding the pigs and wishing that he could eat better, the son has an epiphany. He realises that even his father's servants live better than him. They eat better than him. So he decides to return home and ask his father to take him back as a servant. Now, given what he had before he left, the money, the power, the status, and for a short while what he had afterwards, you know, he still had money, even though he burnt through it very quickly, but he had prestige for a while there. But then, as I say, it ran out and he had to make this humbling decision to return home to his father. But it was the right decision. If we look at Hosea chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. And in the case of the younger son in this parable, it was a literal case that he was brought down. His money ran out, he had nothing left. And so he returns home. And whilst he is still a long way away from home, his father spots him 
and he runs to him. He's been looking for him, as any father would if their child left home. And his father runs to him. He embraces his son. And despite the son then going into his little talk about not being worthy, the father sends for the finest robe, a ring of status for his finger, some sandals for his feet, and he orders the fattened calf killed. As Job chapter 22 verse 23 says, Come back to God Almighty and he'll rebuild your life. Clean house of everything evil. That's the message translation. So the father is so incredibly happy that he forgives his son and he restores his position. How amazing it must have been for the younger son to come home and be forgiven, to be restored to what was his. The young son had only hoped to become a servant, to live better and eat better than he was. How terrified he must have been that his father would say no to even that. And yet he returned home to open arms. A happy ending, you might think. Except for the older son. So let's look together at Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander as well as all types of evil behaviour. So at this point, the younger son has a happy ending, and you'd think that might be a great place to end the story, to end this parable. But then Jesus was never one to do things by halves, and it continues. Because what happens to the older son? Well, he was out in the fields working. He'd been the loyal one, he'd stayed at home, he served his father well. And upon returning to the house, he hears the music and he hears dancing going on inside and celebration. So he asks a servant what is going on and the servant tells him that his brother is home. Now, of course, understandably, the older son is angry. In fact, I can imagine he was absolutely furious. His younger brother, who had wished their father dead and took half of the inheritance money and squandered it, was now back and his father was throwing a big party. He'd killed the fattened calf, he'd clothed him in the best clothes, given him his ring, giving him his status once more. Like I said, understandably, the older son must have been absolutely fuming. And when his father comes to him, he complains. He complains that he was loyal. He worked hard. He served his father loyally and faithfully. And yet he had been given nothing. But it is the father's response that is truly the eye-opener and the part that Andy got me to think about. The father says, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. I'll repeat that. Everything I have is yours. To look at it another way, let's look at John chapter 15 verse 7, which says, but if you remain in me 
and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want, and it will be granted. The father loved both his sons, yet it never occurred to the older son to just ask. His father loved him. If he'd asked for it, his father would have given him it. And this, as I said, was the point Andy made all these years ago. It's about the father's love. Had the oldest son asked, his father would have given it to him because everything the father had belonged to the son also. That was his statement. Everything that is mine is also yours. And the father also loved his younger son. He loved him so much that he forgave his wrongs and restored his place. And in effect, this is our story. Either we are the son who remains loyal, and therefore all we need to do is ask God, ask our father, and it will be given to us. Or we are the son who is rebellious, yet if we repent, we are welcomed with open arms and restored to our inheritance. The Father loves us all. There is no difference. If we love the Father, if we come to the Father, he gives us love. All it takes is to say, Father, forgive me, or Father, I have been loyal. I would like this. It may not always be exactly what we thought. In fact, quite often when I have asked God for something, it has never been given to me in quite the way I expected. But then it's always turned out to be better because everything the Father has is mine. Everything God owns is mine. I am the heir of God. You are the heir of God. So next time you think of the prodigal son, think about the loving father, always there for us no matter what goes on, waiting to bless us if we will only ask. And this week's challenge is this. If there's something that you want right now and if it's in line with scripture ask God for it and wait to be blessed but don't be surprised if you are blessed in a way that you were not expecting let us pray Father God I just want to thank you that you love us no matter what whether we are the older son and we are loyal to you and we serve you and we follow your commands and live righteous lives, or whether we are the younger son, whether we are rebellious, and we go out there and we do all kinds of stupid things and we dishonor you, you love us. And if we're willing to come back to you, if we are the rebellious one, if we're willing to come to you and say, Father, I'm sorry, if we are willing to humble ourselves before you, then you will forgive us and you will restore our inheritance to us for we are heirs 
of your kingdom. It says so in the Bible, in your word that we believe to be truth. We are children of God. So Father God, I just thank you that that truth is such an amazing truth. And may we always remember to serve you with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our souls. In Jesus' name, Amen.